The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And this time, for this episode, we have returning to us again one of my favorites, Kimberly Spire O., the special needs and special education advocate, attorney who's out there championing for all of us on so many different boards and what she does in her law practice every day. Kimberly, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Now, Kimberly, one of the things you know we're trying to do here at Different Brains is to get rid of the stigma involved when one has a neurodiversity. So why don't you tell our audience about your own neurodiversity? When I was 14, I was diagnosed with a very rare um, form of seizure disorder. It's called paroxysmal kinesogenic choreoathetosis. And um, the whole right side of my body, um, the muscles will contract. I can feel my scalp contracting. Um, my face somewhat distorts. Half my tongue is frozen so I can't speak. Um, it's like holding your tongue. Um, the arm muscles will form a claw and my foot curls under in a way. All of these things I wouldn't be able to um, emulate it exactly um, normally, but the muscles really contract. It lasts about 10 to 20 seconds and it could happen up to 30 times a day. Um, and it's not a very common thing. At the time I was diagnosed, there were only 300 people in the world who had that diagnosis. Um, I happened to be in St. Louis, Louis at the time, and we had really wonderful doctors. So they were able, after a lot of testing, to figure out what was going on. And the first medication that they attempted, Dilantin, worked very well in controlling the seizures that I had. Um, so. Over the years, it started to kind of develop into more um, other types of neurological symptoms and included um, migraine headaches of different types, some that um, had just a headache and some that had um, no headache and just an aura and nausea and light sensitivity and all of the traditional aura symptoms. And um, I started developing vertigo. Um, sometimes I couldn't feel my arms and legs and face and um, you know just all these different symptoms and my doctors started to suspect MS but um, I found a doctor down at University of Miami who um, was able to rule out MS and found that all of my conditions were interrelated to an inability to process calcium the way normal people do so it's a calcium channelopathy and he found that instead of having to take um, seizure drugs or any other medications, I could take verapamil and it would bring all of my levels of sodium, magnesium, potassium, and calcium to the optimal levels so that I wouldn't have symptoms. And I only have to take it for a short time and I was able to stop taking all my other medications for these different conditions. Wow. And which brings up a very interesting point. I find so many times People either are anti-medicine and for behavioral and cognitive therapy and conservative treatment, 
And as an MD, when I practiced orthopedic surgery, I knew it was a combination of both. It's a combination of both things, so-called integrative medicine. And uh, uh, I want this to be a segue now into, you obviously have your own unique brain. And now let's fast forward for how your son Chris is doing at this time. He's doing well, and I don't know if you want me to go back to the medication issue, but he had been on medication when he was younger. He started having bad side effects from it. Um, he was very much underweight. He um, started having neurological symptoms that were distressing, getting migraine headaches, um, having panic attacks um, that were extremely bad where he had to go to the hospital because he'd have difficult, you know, stop breathing and turning purple. Um, and kind of fainting spells. So we had to take him off of medication and replace that with different types of therapies and self-coping skills. And um, as an adult, a young adult, he has indicated that he never wants to go back on medication. Although, you know, sometimes I think he, he has developed a lot of really good coping skills. Um, I can talk him through times when he's feeling severe anxiety um, and, you know, exercise is a huge help for him. Whenever he's feeling stressed or feeling a lot of symptoms, he can go for a walk. Um, he can walk for miles and miles and miles, and um, it'll make him feel better. Now, does he have the dog, or do you have the dog? He has the dog right now. He has an emotional support dog um, that he rescued from a shelter, and um, uh, Bruce has been a tremendous help to him. Um, and Bruce is very sensitive to Chris, so if Chris is really upset, he, you know, knows that, and when Chris is extremely upset, he'll even kind of seem to get upset. You know, Chris is shaking, Bruce will start shaking too. Well, when Bruce, the emotional support dog, visited us here at Different Brains, my only objection was he wanted to take my job, you know, <laughs> he, and he put on his glasses and everything. It was unbelievable. Um, uh, Kimberly, would you care to share about some of the challenges you experienced during your pregnancy? Yes. Women with epilepsy um, have to face um, some difficulties that um, most people wouldn't really think about. But when you're planning to um, have children, the medications and treatments that you have to undergo can have significant implications for um, the fetus and the health of the child that you plan to have. Um, I became aware of this when I was 16 and my doctor, um, who I'm not sure this was very appropriate, but said to me, you have to really become care you know, be careful about becoming pregnant because you will have, quote, two-headed babies. That really scared me, but at that time I was not planning on having kids. But when I was 29 and I was ready, I, um, actually I was a little bit younger than that, I wanted to find out if he was just trying to scare me or if it was something that was true. And the different medications that you can take and even the seizure disorder itself can have um, effects on the pregnancy. So for my condition, um, every time I have a seizure, it, cuts, it would cut off the blood flow for any baby that I would have had. And every time that happens, it can cause brain damage or it could cause death. Um, so 
I knew that I couldn't go without medication, which was my first um, hope. Um, I even suggested because my seizures are only caused when I'm running around and moving around, it's movement oriented, I um, suggested that I go around in a wheelchair for nine months and my doctors told me no, absolutely not because there was still a risk in getting in and out of the wheelchair that I could have a seizure and end up not being able to be effective. So I had to consider um, three different, or I had to consider the different medications that worked for my disorder. I consulted doctors at the Massachusetts General Hospital and um, they have a project there called the Anti-Epilepsy Drug uh, Registry, the AED Registry. And um, they did uh, genetic consulting with me and they recommended the three medications um, that would work with my disorder. One of them was phenobarbital, which would cut, um, that would cause the baby to be born addicted to drugs and have to go through a horribly painful withdrawal. Number two was Dilantin, which is the first drug that I took when I was young. And that one can cause severe hand deformities that cannot be corrected through surgery. The third one was Tegretol, which was the medication I had been taken, taking in my adulthood. And that one has a very high risk for spina bifida. Um, we, chose spine, or we chose to go the route of the Tegretol um, because there is a protective medication, um, a form of B vitamin called folic acid that can have a protective um, factor. And so I took that religiously for several months before becoming pregnant and all through my pregnancy. Um, the AED registry followed me throughout my pregnancy and my doctors followed me very, very closely. And um, actually, they took um, the sample of the amniotic, or you know, the whole amniotic sac after I gave birth to check that and see the levels that were in it. Um, and they followed my son for the first few years of life to see the outcomes. They have been incredibly valuable in providing information to other potential mothers of what their options are and what the risks are and. They, everybody that they get involved in the project provides them with even more information so that future generations are going to have an easier time in deciding the best way to become parents. Wow, that's quite a story. You ought to write a screenplay. <laughs> you've Maybe got some, <laughs> yeah, you've got some stories. You've got amazing stories and they're all inspirational. Well, and here you are helping so many other people in so many different ways. I try, yes. That's great. Thank great. you. What advice would you have for someone out there who has epilepsy, who's a female and is thinking of starting a family? I would advise them to seek out a, a geneticist and um, get information about um, their condition and their family history just so they know what risks are involved. And I, I would encourage them to look into the AED registry because I think that um, it has, it's world renowned as far as the information that they can provide. But they need to know that you can do it, you can have healthy children. Um, there are certain things that I had to be taught as far as once um, I, my son arrived, um, people with seizures have to be careful about using um, changing tables because if 
uh, you set your child down and then you have a seizure, nobody's going to be able to keep the baby on the table and the child is at risk. So I had to learn to bring blankets that I could lie him down on the floor or on a, you know, a low setting so that I didn't have that risk. Um, when you're um, a new parent, you are not getting enough sleep and sl lack of sleep can be a risk factor for um, epilepsy. So you don't, you know, you're more at risk to have seizures while you're going through those early stages of having an infant. So being aware of that and trying to do a lot of self-care and get as much rest as you can um, is another thing. But you can do it, just reach out for the resources and information that you need to do it successfully. And um, Kimberly Spire O, how can people find out more about you? I have a website. It is www.kso.lawfirm.com. KSO for Kimberly Spire O. Yes. Easy to remember. Hopefully. Kimberly, thanks for being here again here at Exploring Different Brains. Keep up the great work you do for so many. Thank you. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.